The following contains descriptions of physical violence, sexual violence, and graphic descriptions of autopsies. Hey listeners, welcome to episode 37 of TGIC Podcast. I'm Jillian. And I'm Izzy. And because we can't really seem to believe this case in the past, I mean mostly me, but you know, we <laughs> um, are covering two murders that could potentially be related to the murder of JonBenet Ramsey. So like almost a year ago at this point, we covered the murder of JonBenet Ramsey as our first ever episode, and I just can't stop thinking about it. It's crazy that that was a year ago. I know. Just like thinking about how much, like so much stuff has changed, but like... Also, I feel like the JonBenet Ramsey case is just going to be something that's, like, forever on my mind. I know, and I feel like it's like that for a lot of people, but I feel like I have, like, a personal connection to it because we did it as our first episode. Exactly, and we live in Georgia. Yeah, and she has ties to Georgia. Which is kind of nuts. I didn't even know that until, like, I was, like, too deep into my research in the first episode already. It is pretty nuts, and apparently, like, my dad and my uncle lived near her brother. Humble brag. Yeah. That's but like, like a weird her half brothers, like it wasn't like Burke. It was like one of her half brothers, so a little bit less cool. But anyway, I'm still obsessed with this case. Can't get it out of my head. And I was trying to find something to do for this episode, like you know, two days ago because procrastination. <laughs> and I'm looking, and I literally ended up googling cases similar to JonBenet Ramsey. And you know, shocker, there isn't one. But this came up, and there's, like, these two cases that have been, like, in the headlines a little bit, just about how they could have been potentially connected, mm-hmm. and they're kind of trying to trace it, but they're not sure how likely it is. And so you have to take some of this with, like, a grain of salt, I guess, because, see, like, I will forever think that it was her mom. Yeah, same with me. But you gotta take this with a grain of salt. These could be connected, but then it has mm-hmm. to change your whole theory about the John Bonet case. Exactly. Also, like, I mean... I don't know if you, how, how you could have made it this far in our podcast without listening to the JonBenet Ramsey episode, but you know, if you haven't, go listen to that, or like, don't, because it kind of sucks a little bit, so just a, just, just a little bit, just go find some background elsewhere, I mean, it won't mm-hmm. be that hard to find a no, thing about yeah, JonBenet like, literally Ramsey. just read the Wikipedia page, and you should be fine, or you can check our website, and oh, look yeah. at our source material our for that episode. Does anyone go to our website? I want, like, okay, DM me on Instagram when you listen to this and tell me if you've ever actually looked at our website. Yeah, please do. Am I updating it for no reason, or does it exist for someone? Yeah, because, like, we like the idea of citing our sources. Well, we should. And we should. We're not getting rid of the website. I'm just curious if people look at it Like, do people look at it? Is it something that you guys are like, ooh, I want to know some more information on this case. I'm going to go look at the website. Like, because I feel like I do that for almost every single true crime podcast I listen to. Yeah, I do. Oh, I just Google the people. Yeah, I do that. Or I look at their website. Like, at least for crime junkies, I used to look at their website. Interesting. All right. So, yeah, we're going to do two related murders, which, again, I haven't even heard of until I recently Googled. Little quick Google search. That's how, like, everything happens on this podcast. It's like a quick little Google search, and I'm learning new things. Just a Google search away. Yeah. Anyway, these are the murders of Tracy Marie Neef and Lacey Wolsey Ruff. 
So let's just get some started with some background. Um, we're gonna start with Tracy Marie Neef, and I will warn you, she has like a lot more. Like this is like a whole mini episodes worth of stuff for her, but the other ones a little, a little bit briefer, just because the lack just of a bit. like sources and stuff about her. But it will be enough that we can somewhat draw a connection to Jabinay at the end, which yeah. is what we're all here for. Exactly. I assume. Anyway, if you're not, then hi. Um, I don't know if you're in the right place, but. <laughs> check out our other episodes. That was so awkward. The like the hi, yeah, hi. Ugh, we gotta stop this recording after school. I'm getting too spacey. No, literally, like I'm, so, like I was just sitting in Spanish class like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> no, literally, last year we used to be so committed to this, and like not that we're we are so committed still because yeah. obviously we're here, we're doing it, we love it. But, but it, we had so much time. We had so much time. We had so much time to think. There was not so much other stuff on my mind, and, like, we both have things after this and before this, and, like, I barely have time to sleep anymore. No, yeah, same. Um, But true crime in this podcast is, like, my entire world. It's honestly, like, keeping me going. It's never getting left behind, because I love it so much. Yeah, we both love it. All right, some background. Tracy Marine Neep was born in 1977, and she was seven years old at the time of her death. She was born in and grew up in Thornton, Colorado... And that's, like, kind of near Boulder, but, like, it's close, but it's not there. Okay. So, you know, Boulder was where JonBenet lived. Her parents were Susan and Gary Neath, and she had a younger brother, whose name I could not find, but I believe he was, like, a year or two younger. Okay. She was in first grade and attending a local school called Bertha Hyde Elementary. And, unfortunately, this is kind of all the background for her, because she was so young, and there was just not a lot of media coverage, or at least not a lot of national media coverage. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't get national coverage, there's not going to be a lot of background about your victim. Exactly, because there's not going to be many interviews with the parents or, like, people who knew them, and, like, I feel like this is kind of true with both of these cases that we're talking about today. Yeah, like, they were just kind of, like, forgotten about outside yeah, of where they lived. Yeah, it was really sad, honestly. Yeah. But you kind of know a little bit about her. She was a seven-year-old girl. She was going to elementary school. She lived in Colorado. Yeah, so that's, I guess that's enough. That's all that we can know about her, which, (laughs) like, is really depressing to think about. That is really depressing. Like, literally, I had such a depressing time in psychology today because we're talking about those people who have facial blindness. What is that? It's like you can't recognize people who you know, and this girl, this lady was like, showed a picture of her daughter, and she couldn't recognize her. That's so sad. And she was on like live television, and the woman was like, that's your daughter, Angela. And the woman was like, oh, oh, I didn't know. And it was so sad. It was so depressing. Why was that? Okay. This is like really throwing me off. Why was that on national television? I don't know. It was on like that BBC thing. Oh. I don't do anything in psychology ever except for talk about research methods. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Sorry about that. So sadly, <laughs> that's all the background there is for her. And as sad as that is, now we're going to talk about her death, so that's like even more sad. Yeah. All right, so on March 16th of 1984, it was 8.16 a.m., Tracy's mom, Susan, drops her off at school and watches her walk like through the gate towards the school building. Um, however, Tracy never actually makes it to the front doors, which is something that people would not know for hours. And it's actually assumed that Tracy was locked outside of the building because they were (gasps) about 10 minutes late that morning. Kyron Horman who? Yeah. Well, he made it in the building. True. She was late to school, and I guess, I I don't know if there was, like, a lack of protocol for if you were late to school, 
or maybe she couldn't find out where like the front office was or something oh my god that's so sad but like she was like i imagine she was trying to find a door that was like like if she went through a side door usually that was closer mm-hmm. to her class but then it was locked and she's trying to find a door that's open and someone could have snatched her exactly and like her mom wouldn't have thought too much of it. She was running 10 minutes late. How, what could, like, possibly go wrong? Yeah, like, they're... I mean, I would expect teachers to still be, like, Right? You think? Um, so, yeah, it's really sad. She was just... The theory is that she was basically snatched, like, right after her mom dropped her off in between being in school. So, like, two places she was supposed to be safe. Ugh. Yeah. At 2.45 p.m., Susan Neve waits outside for her daughter after school... And, you know, obviously she's not coming, but she doesn't know that. Oh, my God. And after waiting a bit, she decides to drive back home to see if Tracy had walked home. I mean, this seems a little off to me because, like, A, if she had to drive home, like, would Tracy have actually been able to walk home? Yeah, exactly. And also, she was seven. Okay, what the hell? So, like, even if it was, like, a short distance, like... If it wasn't right next door, I'm not letting a seven-year-old walk home. Mm -mm. I wasn't allowed to walk home until middle school. And also, another thing I found kind of weird is that her mom, like, let her just, like, walk into the school by herself. Oh, I think that's a little, little off. There was a couple stories that, like, not that I find her mom to be incriminating in any way, shape, or form, but there were a couple things that made her seem, like, a little bit, like... Negligent? Not negligent. She was a little bit more, like, loosey-goosey with her parenting. Yeah. Like, there was this one story that I read when I was doing research. It didn't seem too relevant, so I actually didn't put it in here, but I did read about it. Um, but basically, a few weeks before her disappearance, after school, Tracy had asked to borrow her teacher's phone because she was waiting for her mom to pick her up, and she never showed up. So she called her dad, like, crying because her mom had, like, forgotten to come pick her up from school. Oh, my God. So I don't get the impression that, like, Susan was necessarily, like, a mean or, like, I just don't, th- I don't think she was, like, mean or anything. I don't mm-hmm. think there was any issues. I just, she gets, I get the impression she was a little bit spacey. Yeah, I get that. So maybe that's why she didn't necessarily walk her into the door. She was like, oh, it's fine. She'll make it. Yeah. Which kind of is really sad if you think about it, because she didn't think anything was going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, anyway, she drove home. Tracy wasn't home when she arrived. She went back to the school to talk to Tracy's teacher and learned that Tracy actually had been in school all day. But, like, what the fuck? Why did no one call home? No, literally, like, even when I call into school sick or when I called into school sick, like, in the past, like, the, my parents would still get a call. Yeah, you could send an email to, like, all your teachers and administrators and stuff, and they will still call you, like, if you are not there within five minutes of school starting. That doesn't... Or if you have, like, a doctor's appointment in the morning, I've been at the doctor's office and, like, gotten, like, the robocall on my parents' phone that I wasn't in school, and they're like, yeah, no, duh. (laughs) But, like, you're supposed to. That's, like, protocol. Yeah. Why was that not protocol? (laughs) Like, that's concerning that she wasn't there all day and no one thought to say anything. I know. Or, like... Yeah, that's really weird. Anyway, Tracy's parents then spent the rest of the afternoon driving around looking for their daughter, and they even called 911 to report her missing. Like, they were wasting no time. Mm-hmm. At 4.45 p.m., a couple discovered Tracy's body located in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains just outside of Boulder, Colorado, <gasps> a.k.a. future home of John Bonet. She was lying on her stomach with her knees bent and her hands on her stomach. Oh, my God. Which sounds, like, really morbid and, like... Yeah, Well, obviously it's morbid because she's dead, but she sounds placed. Yeah. So that's really dark. Her school supplies were scattered around her. She had a scratch on her right cheek and one above her left eye. 
and she had ligature marks on both hands like they'd been tied with a rope at some point, but they were no longer tied. Oh my god. And two hairs were actually found on her, but the evidence was lost before they could test it. Okay, how the fuck does that happen? Evidence? The fact that I hear so much about evidence getting lost is insane. Like, there's a chain of custody, isn't there? I don't understand how like, that how, happens. How do you lose it? I understand that they're, like, two pieces of hair, but shouldn't they be in, like, a Ziploc bag in, like, a box? Yeah. And, like, there's, like, in another box. Like, and it should all be, like, This is a murder of. of a baby child. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, why is the evidence lost? Ugh. I don't know how that happens. Why does that happen often? If it happens so often, shouldn't there be a solution? Literally. Like, I feel like there's so many rules to prevent that from happening, yet it constantly happens. So weird. Like, how does that happen? Anyway, her cause of death was ultimately ruled as asphyxiation. So she was most likely choked to death, but it wasn't, like, overly proven. I don't know how to describe that. It was like, yeah, she suffocated to death. However, there were other factors, potentially. They just really couldn't confirm what caused her to suffocate. Got it. Okay. Yeah, so there's mixed reports about whether or not she was sexually assaulted as well, and it's suspected that she was actually molested, but, like, because she was fully clothed, it's suspected that she really wasn't raped, which is good in a way, except the fact that she did end up dead, so, like, I don't really know how much, like, yeah, how you can take for that, but it actually seemed like her death was most likely premature, like, her killer wanted to keep her alive longer, maybe Mm -hmm. in captivity or something, but accidentally hurt her or just accidentally killed her. Oh. And then, like, hurried to cover it up, and that's actually why they think she, because she was found pretty close to a highway, actually, in the mountains, so she wasn't even that, like... And it didn't seem like she was, like, thrown out of a car or anything. Like. Yeah, no. And, like, her belongings were found kind of like they'd been thrown out of a car, but they were still far away from her body. So yeah. it almost seems like this dude, like, took her and then, like, killed her and then just kind of, like, found a spot for her and didn't even bother to bury her and then, like, threw her shit out of his car window as he was driving away. Yeah, so it did kind of seem like an accident. Not, yeah, I mean, like... Like, it wasn't premeditated in that way. He, she was, he was definitely, like, a kidnapper, but yeah. the, the murder was, like, you know... Like, rushed, at least. Mm -hmm. Maybe not an accident, but rushed. Yeah. And so, for suspects and theories, there's not a whole lot. So, police quickly ruled out school staff as suspects. Just, I guess... I also don't know how. They had no DNA, but, you know. Yeah. I guess if they were all accounted for at school. Yeah. There was no DNA because they lost it, so it was really difficult to find other suspects. Obviously. But a man named Aaron Sean Lau, that's how I'm going to say his name, Sean Lau, was a brief suspect because he was in the area and later convicted of sexually assaulting a minor, but the theory really didn't pan out too much. Hmm. And there was also this rumor that Aaron had a relative who had actually committed the crime himself. And I don't know if that speaks to the sexually assaulting a minor he was guilty of, or if he was guilty of this murder. I don't really know what that means, but I guess mm-hmm. if he was guilty of sexual assault, then, <laughs> then he's the suspect, not Aaron. I don't really know. It's all very, like, not even a suspect. He's just, yeah. like, a, a random name thrown around. But to this day, Tracy's murder case is still open and has no official suspects. That's just so sad. I mean, yeah, like, it is. and that's so, that case is just so morbid, too. It is. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to talk about, I think it's Alicia or Alicia. How do you think you Yeah, I'm just, I think Alicia. Okay. Um, Alicia Lacey Woolsey Ruff. Tongue twister right there. <laughs> so I really could not get that much information on her because, first off, her case is pretty much solved. 
and also like someone is in jail for it and also like I I honestly don't know why there was no coverage on this but I think because she's Hawaiian yeah I think there was a little bit of a lapse in coverage yeah that makes sense so Lacey was from Kauai Hawaii I think it's like Cowie. Cowie. Actually, let me look that up before I, like, make a fool out of myself. So, specifically, Anini Beach, and she had blonde hair, blue eyes, and a tan complexion. Like, she was so gorgeous and, like, so adorable. Kauai. Okay. You said it right, I think. Kauai. Okay. And she was four years old on July 27th of 1993, and when she wandered off from her home, which was a tent on Anini Beach... Following the catastrophic hurricane Aniki that happened the year before that destroyed their family home. Which is really sad. And I think she was actually, like, at this point, there might have been a lot of people, like, camping on the beach because they had been, like, displaced because of the hurricane. So, yeah. And she basically had wandered off. And she was only four years old. And there was, like, an immediate search party that was made. And it consisted of the police and community members along with, like, her family. And the following morning, she was actually found by a firefighter underwater. And her father named Timothy Woolsey swam out and got her. So, she was actually about 40 feet underwater, which is, like... I'm kind of shocked how the firefighter was able to see her that far. That's nuts. I thought they had to, like, dredge the water for that. Yeah, no, me too. Or, like, have, like, a helicopter or something. Yeah, so I'm, like... And that was, like... like, that was how it was described in every single source I saw. Like, it was never like, well, oh, they saw it from overhead. 40 feet down? Like, no, like, I have no, like, 40 feet is deep. Like, that's really deep. Like, I don't understand how he I saw her. I can't even conceptualize how deep that is. That's no. really far in like, the ocean. It's really, really far. And so that's just kind of weird. And there's never really a clear explanation for that. And the autopsy, so they got her out from the water, and the autopsy showed that Lacey had actually been violently sexually assaulted, and she was drowned in the water. Oh. Yeah, which is just, it's horrible. She was four. I must say, though, I wonder if it's possible that she was sexually assaulted, and then maybe while she was trying to escape, she ended up in the water, and she just was four, so she couldn't swim. Yeah. But she also lived in Hawaii, so you think she might have been able to swim by then. You never know. How old were you when you were able to swim? I've never really been able to swim very well. (laughs) But also, like, doesn't Hawaii have, like, really big fucking waves? Like, I mean, yeah. But I still think it's possible if she was four. True. She she might have not been the strongest swimmer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just really sad. And, like, there was, like, no information on this case, like, whatsoever. There's actually more information on suspects and theories. And do you want something kind of, like, funny? I was like, oh, my God, there's so many, like, similarities between these cases because it's Lacey and Tracy, and then the only, like, kind of suspect in yours was Aaron Chun Lao, and that's the same guy who's the suspect in this one. You just said that I am so much differently than I did, and it makes so much more sense the way you said it. How did you say it? I don't even remember. I think I said, like, Sean Luau or something. Sean Luau. Sean Lau. I honestly have no idea. You said it way more correctly, I think. Yeah, I don't really know. I feel like our pronunciation is so liquid. Fluid. Fluid. Liquid? <laughs> what? <laughs> liquid. Fluid. 
Sorry. <laughs> I really struggle with pronunciation of things. No, I do too. Like, I was literally, when we were walking back from school, I was literally like, I could not say asphyxiation to save my life. Oh, I can't do it. I, like, can't spell it. I can't. I can barely say it. It's terrible. Yeah, like, without spell check, I'd be screwed. If we ever have to read anything out loud in class, I, like, stumble over my words so badly. <laughs> I've, like, recently developed, like, not like a stutter, but I've like started stuttering a little bit when I talk in like in front of my class, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. It's not because I'm like embarrassed. It's just like I accidentally like stutter over my words. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I have that too, and I feel like like I'm literally I have to reread everything so many times if I know like specifically what part I'm supposed to read. Yeah, exactly. then I reread over it a few times, but it still doesn't help. Anyways, the Shunlao brothers, Todd and Aaron, had just moved to Kauai around a week prior to Lacey's sexual assault and murder. And Aaron had been previously in juvie for a sexual assault that he had committed when he was a minor, which is like, ugh. Mm -hmm. And when Timothy actually called the police to alert them that he had found the body of his daughter... Todd called soon after, claiming that his brother was responsible for the abduction, rape, and murder of four-year-old Lacey. Um, okay. Which is like, okay. Um, so Aaron was arrested and later convicted of all crimes and sentenced to life in prison. And he's still in prison today. However, it's believed that the true murderer is actually Todd and that he reported his brother to the police to draw attention away from himself. Okay, but, like, A, that draws attention towards him, and yeah. B, like, what, you think the police are just taking his word for it? Exactly, like, I literally, there's so much stuff wrong, and actually, like, the investigation that put Aaron in jail was so poorly done and unconstitutional that it's been, like, covered up by cops for years in order to oh. save their asses. So, seriously, it just sounds like he, like, called and he was like, hey, yo, my brother did this. Yeah, Check literally. him out. And they were like, yo, yeah. thanks for the tip. And just, like, arrested just, like, him. like, prosecuted him. Like, I literally think that there was, like, no substantial evidence against this dude. And it was all, like, circumstantial. And, like, another controversial thing that I came upon is that apparently the woman who Aaron went to juvie for sexually assaulting, like, came forward and said that wasn't it wasn't actually Aaron and that it was another person in the family. So, this kid just went to juvie for something he didn't do. And so, like, he totally could be innocent, but, like, all this, like, stuff is, like, oh, that's so weird. And there are, like, many other factors that could have gone, like, that have gone into the investigation and that have discredited the trial and the claim that Aaron was responsible. So, this shows that, like, the actual culprit could be connected to JonBenet and the, like, Tracy murder cases. Yeah, because... Aaron was previously in Colorado, and so was his family, I think. Exactly. And, like, this whole family could just be batshit crazy. Yeah. So, let's get to the connection between, like, these cases and JonBenet. So, all the victims were between the ages of four and seven years old, and they were all blonde. And all of their causes of death were asphyxiation, but I will say, I feel like... Drowning is technically asphyxiation, but it's not like... Yeah. I don't know. Well, because especially because it can be intentional or accidental, like, it kind of, like, it doesn't always work. It's drowning's fluid. Bad bad joke. Bad joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, according to Jillian, drowning is fluid. But what we're saying is, like, two of the deaths were asphyxiation... But one of them was drowning. So it's technically asphyxiation, but not really in the same means, if that makes sense. Uh And 
Also, members of the Shenlao family, who were all, like, known to be kind of a bunch of assholes, lived near both Tracy and Lacey at the times of their deaths, and it is not known if they lived near John Bonet during her murder. Yeah, because chronologically, John Bonet happened last. Yeah. However, one of the members of the Shenlao family were arrested in a bordering county of Boulder during this time, signifying that they were potentially in close proximity to her. Okay. It wasn't, like, specified which one it was, but, like, yeah. clearly there's something up with this whole family. Mm-hmm. And there's actually genetic testing that's currently underway to determine if there's a substantial connection between the Shenlao family and the John Bonet case because of the DNA found on her underwear, and it's being sent to a lab in Oregon. Interesting. So, hopefully, like, maybe they'll find a connection. Okay, so here's what I think. Personal opinion time. Um, basically, I'm thinking it's a two out of three scenario. Mm-hmm. Either we're taking that Tracy and Lacey were committed by... <laughs> Aaron or someone in his family, mm-hmm. and I could see that. They're both living near each other. Yeah. They're similar enough cases. I could see that. Okay, I could buy that. Mm-hmm. Or I could buy it being Tracy and John Bonet because they both were in Colorado. They looked similar. Exactly. It's kind of like this similar situation where they were alone for a very brief amount of time. Like, neither of them really wandered off. Mm-hmm. And I just, I could see that same proximity. Similar, their their hands were both tied with li- there was exactly. ligature marks, scratches, that kind of thing. I is understandable. Um, I could somewhat see Lacey and John Bonet, maybe just because of like, actually that one I see the least. Yeah, that one I see the least too. But also, here's the weird thing. I tried to tell this to Izzy, and she was like kind of thinking that I was full of shit. But I don't blame her. Um, I saw this one article that referred to her as Princess Lacey Ruff, which like obviously I don't think she's like a real princess. But, like, Princess I was thinking, rough. maybe she was in beauty pageants or something. Like, yeah. I understand she was only four. But, like, they start those off really young, and she totally could have been in beauty pageants, which would cause, like, a connection between John and A, except for that's, like, really loose connection. Yeah. And it's, like, I just made it up. So, it was, that was, like, a lot of things that were circumstantial in my yeah. head. But you never know. Like, I'm literally reading a book right now where it's, like, all the perverts are, like, scouting out ballet studios and boy scouts and churches and stuff like what book are you reading i'm actually reading one i have no idea what it's called but it's really good but um so like maybe there was just like this perverted family that was scouting out freaking pageants yeah i know but that, like i don't know if she was but it's possible but i yeah. definitely don't think they could all be related it's too no. much it's too much too much circumstantial evidence, and there's too much, like, things at play here that could impact, like... Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like too much. And also, I don't like... I don't like sacrificing what I believe about the John Bonet case. You know what I mean? I have too much of a strong belief in what happened in the John Bonet case, and, like, I trust it so much... That I don't want to think yeah. that it was, like... Plus, I don't like the idea of, like, it really ruins, like, my everyone's theories of the case Literally. that this was a serial killer. If this is a serial killer or just some, like, dumbass dude and his family, like, I just, like, that doesn't, uh, it it's doesn't, not, sa- it's not, like, the satisfying ending no. that people want, which is sucks, because obviously it's real people, and, like, that's kind of terrible, but it's true. It is true. And it's I just, such a publicized case. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it really doesn't. It really doesn't make any sense, so. Um, but yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> what do you guys think? Really this was the murders of Tracy Neep and Lacey Ruff. And, you know, let us know what you think. Share on social media, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, tune in for another new episode on the 23rd. And in the meantime, subscribe to our Patreon and follow us on Instagram at tgic.podcast. Bye! Bye.